Oh, I'm so glad you're here today. My eyes look a little misty. We were just praying for you. Um, we were before we started the service, and I'm really excited for today. What we're going to do today is we're going to carve out some extra time at the end of the service uh, because we are going to be not only talking about blessings here today and looking what the Scripture has to say about that, but we're going to be giving you an opportunity to receive a blessing in a more extended type of way than we normally do. So I'm so glad you're here with us this Labor Day weekend. Um, I, I want to say this, too, before we get too far in. My biggest concern coming in today is that some of you already heard the word blessing and you're ready to hit pause and, or it, turn it off because that word blessing has become such a cliche. And that's my biggest concern here, that that you, you're hearing the word blessing, you're like, oh, you know, that cliche thing that church people say all the time. If, if you're feeling that, I get it. I'm going to ask that you hang in there, though, because this is real and this is life-changing stuff. We're not big fans of cliches either. In fact, we put it in writing. If you download the notes, you can see for yourself. Um, those of you who have your notes here today, if you want to write this down, I want to start here. We are not big fans of cliches at Emmanuel at all. And by cliche, what I mean to say by that is th- these things that a lot of people, they'll say or they'll post or they put on a T-shirt or they'll put it on a bumper sticker. And, and it's something that's widely accepted. But, but often these cliches, either they're really cringy or they're overly simplistic, or they can be misleading or even dangerous. And there's a subset of people who identify as Christian, who for them, cliches is really their thing. Uh, So I'm going to give you a couple examples of that. Uh, One of them is an example of the cringy cliches. I saw one of those um, when I was at the fair. I was at the fair on Friday, and there was this T-shirt. And again, good intention people. There was this T-shirt that had this huge fish jumping out of the water, this great big bass, and here was the tagline, cast your cares upon the Lord. He can tackle them. Again, love the intention behind that shirt. And you need to know, that's a cringe-inducing slogan there. All right, here's an example of a cliche that is oversimplistic. And I know I'm going to get some people mad at me at this one. Um, but I think it's oversimplistic. Raise your hand if you've heard this one before. Let go and... Let God. Now, for the record, there's truth here, right? There's some truth here. Sometimes that is exactly what you need to do. Sometimes you, you exactly what you need to do is loosen your grip. There are so many times that is true. But is this always true? No, it's, it's overly simplistic. If you got a big test coming up, I would advise you to also study. Also study. If, if you want to qualify for the Boston Marathon, I would advise you to also run, train, right? If you want to learn guitar, it's not going to happen if you never pick one up. And I was thinking scripturally, you know, the, the Joshua, he's about to enter the promised land. Did God say, okay, hey, just let go, Joshua? No, he said, be strong and courageous. Jesus, when he gave his great commission to his disciples, did he say, hey, guys, just let go? Let God. No. He said, go, go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, naming the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So sometimes cliches can be cringy. Sometimes they can be overly simplistic. Sometimes they can actually be a dangerous anthem. I've seen that too. Let me give you an example of this one. God bless everyone, no exceptions. Now again, I appreciate the spirit behind this. The spirit behind this is good. It sounds kind. It sounds loving, at least on the surface. Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. 
And how many of you know this could be a dangerous anthem? Why can it be a dangerous anthem? Because there's people that have dangerous intentions. I just finished um, the best book I have ever read on the subject of trust. If I could make this mandatory for everyone in the church family, I would do it. This is Trust by Henry Cloud. This book can, well, it'll do a couple things. It'll be like, oh, I wish I would have had this when I was younger. But this book right here, this can save you from so much regret, so much heartache. This is so, so, so good. One of the reasons that God bless everyone is a dangerous anthem is because, as I said earlier, there's dangerous people. Consider this quote from his book. He says this, Some of the people who get hit hardest by betrayal are the nicest, most loving, most responsible people you could meet. Why do they get hit hardest by the betrayal? Because they think other people are like them. And not everybody is. There are people who will purposely deceive you. There are people who will purposely hurt you. There are people who will purposely take advantage of you. And do you really want to invoke a blessing on those plans? No. So there are things that some people say that these sayings that are cringy, there are sayings that are oversimplistic, there are some sayings that can be misleading or dangerous, but every so often there is a pithy saying that is really pretty good. And here's one of them. We are blessed to be a blessing. I can put a little asterisk on there. There are times where you are just blessed, period. God just wants to bless you. There there are those times. He blesses you because he knows you need, just receive it. But so often, these blessings that he gives us, it's, it's a dual purpose. It blesses you, and then we can take this and bless someone else with it. I think that one's pretty good. When it comes to blessings, I hope you've tuned in so far, stayed with us. When it comes to blessings, I think most of us have a vague notion of what a blessing is. We have this vague notion of it. But if you're taking notes, I'm going to invite you to write this down. What does the Bible actually say about blessings? What is the Bible itself? When it talks about blessings, what does it say about them? How do you give a blessing? How do you receive a blessing? What is it actually that we're giving and receiving? Well, if you hang around for Emmanuel for a while, you're going to hear us pray a specific blessing, and it comes from the book of Numbers. And when we decided that we were going to build this service, this is what this one's about. We're going to build this service around this important biblical theme of blessing. I thought, it just might be helpful if we use that section of Scripture as a jumping off point. Let's take into it. Now, I've heard this section spoken over people countless times. What I've never heard was, I was reflecting on this, I've never heard anyone really like go into this um, blessing and then like, like unpack it from a biblical standpoint. So I'm excited to, to do that. I've, I've never done that myself, never heard a message on it. So I dug into the text, so glad I did, because there was something that felt different about this. I don't know if you've ever had passages. There's sometimes they just jump out at you, but then there's others one that just have a different feel to them. This one had a different feel to me. And the more I read into it, I'm like, oh yeah, I have an even deeper appreciation than ever for this particular blessing. In fact, I agree with several of the scholars I looked at. They said, this is the Old Testament Lord's Prayer. In In the New Testament, you've got Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. Here in the Old Testament, you have God himself instructing the priests Pray this blessing over the people. Oh, so let's take a look at this blessing. It's dated to the time of Moses. It's a section of scripture that is sometimes called the priestly blessing. If you have your Bible with you, open with me to Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. And I want to let you know, too, if you don't have a Bible at home, there's a great place you can go, Bible.com. They have a free Bible app. We encourage you to 
to get that if you don't already have it. All right, here we go. Uh, Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, and you shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look up, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. What we have here is not just some word salad that someone put together. These are evocative words that were crafted by our creator himself. And this might be a good time to bring this up. I came across this quote as I did my research. Some people suggest that only spontaneous prayer is real prayer. Verses such as these show that such sentiment is not correct. Fixed prayers ought to interplay with spontaneous prayers and patterns. So that's what these two commentators said. One of the commentators I looked at got a little saltier than that. He uh, he basically called people out. They said, if that's your mindset, if you're like, the only prayers are these spontaneous prayers, you need to check yourself on that. He goes, because I've heard a lot of these prayers, and they're basically just people stitching together their own thoughts and their own desires and their own cliches when they pray, you know, instead of anchoring, anchoring those prayers to, to truth. Well, out of all the anchor points that you could find to ground your prayers in, boy, there's something extra special about this one. And here's a fun fact about this. I didn't know this about this particular passage. Can you fire that slide, Mike? Did you were able to find that? These uh, these little silver scrolls. So as a former skeptic, I appreciate knowing that my faith is grounded in hard evidence. And what you see up on the screen, you can look this up. You can Google Kepteth Hinnom scrolls. And what you're looking at here in 1979, two small silver scrolls, and they're only about an inch long, a piece here. They were found in a tomb near Jerusalem. They're dated to 500 to 600 BC. These are really, really old. They were found in a tomb. They were tiny, and what the, as best they can then put things together, it was they were probably wrapped around a necklace or a string around someone's neck. So thousands of years ago, somebody. Oh, and this is important. And guess what was on those scrolls? This text was on those scrolls. Somebody thousands of years ago, this blessing was so meaningful to them that they had this put into these silver scrolls. They would wear it around themselves where, where, where they would go, and they wanted to be buried with it. There's something special about these words. That for centuries, people have been praying this blessing for for centuries on different continents. There's something special about this. So let's break it down. Verse 24 says, the Lord bless you and keep you. That's Numbers 6, 24. This is a blessing, this one, this part right here. This is divine protection that we're praying. In that particular moment, as this, these, these things were happening, the children of Israel, they might have felt especially vulnerable here because they're refugees. They're former slaves. They're wandering in the wilderness. They're surrounded by dangers and enemies. They got no place to call home. And what this blessing does, this blessing invokes the protection of the same God who heard their cries when they were in Egypt and called them out. And that same power and protection is available to God's people. This is a blessing that invokes that. 
powerful thing because I know so many of you and I know so many of your stories. And I know how vulnerable a lot of you feel right now. Or also just not for even yourself, but for your loved ones. And you see them surrounded by these dangers. We can pray this blessing over them that the Lord would bless them. The Lord would keep them. And there's something else I found interesting here. In this section of scripture that we're reading, 22 through 27, the word we translate as you, it's plural in verse 22. It's plural in verse 27. And then it's singular in the verses in between. Here's how one scholar put it. Yahweh blesses the whole by blessing the individuals. He blesses the individuals by blessing the whole. Verse 25. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. So this part of the blessing has got this vivid metaphor, and that is the Lord's face, his countenance, shining on you. To the original audience, many of them would remember physically how when God appeared to Moses, does anyone know what happened? Moses' face was shining, reflecting God's glory. This blessing implies you don't have to be Moses. You don't have to be Moses to receive God's light-giving blessing. Verse 26, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Now, we don't have a good direct way to translate this, this lift up his countenance upon you. What it invokes, I'm told in Hebrew, is the desire of someone they are given their full attention to you. Full attention. They are focused on you. And it's even more than that. It's focused on you with a big old smile. And it's not some kind of fake plaster on smile. It, it, all of this is invoked in this, in this passage in Hebrew. It's, it's, it's a big old smile, full attention, and there's a desire behind that intention. I want to help. I'm here. I'm focused on you. I want to help. So this is a blessing where you are invoking the almighty creator of the universe. And this is God-given, right? He gave us this to bring his full attention to you with a big old smile on his face, graciously offering to meet us where we are. And then what is it? And he's going to grant us what? Does anyone remember? Grant us peace. In Hebrew, it's shalom. Shalom, peace. Peace at a soul level. Brings us to verse 27. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Why do they say my name upon the people of Israel? And why does it look like we're shouting Lord there? In the Old Testament, if you see in many of your Bibles, it's in all caps. That's because what they're doing is they're using our English word Lord to be there standing in for the sacred name of God, Yahweh. So you're, there's, that's repeated three times in this blessing. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious unto you. May Yahweh look upon you with his favor, give you his peace. That's remarkable. Throughout this sacred blessing, the sacred name of their God is invoked. More than one of the sources I looked at, they said this verse, verse 27, this is the key to understanding everything that comes before it. Here's an example of the kind of thing they were saying. Focus on the content of the benefit. That's That's secondary. The primary factor of blessing is the statement of relationship. You're my people. That's the main thing. The main thing is not, hey, I can do this for you. The main thing is, you're my people. You are my 
people. God is initiating a covenant for us to be Yahweh's people, for Yahweh to be our God. All right, so here is a really, really brief look at just one blessing from the scriptures. This is just one of many examples of how the word blessing is used in the Bible. So there's a condensed version of that. Now let me give you even more ridiculously concise overview of what the Bible says about blessings. So here we go. I'm going to hit these really, really quick. I tried to list some of them in the Bible. This is not exhaustive, but here are seven things that are that are true biblically about blessings. Number one, God has been blessing from the beginning. You can find more than 400 examples of blessing in the Old Testament alone. And it starts in Genesis with God blessing his creation. And it's repeated. He blesses individuals. He blesses groups. He even blesses nations. God blesses creatures and land and crops and dwelling and objects and work and even Sabbath. At various times, various places, God blesses people with prosperity and land and health and victory and the ability to conceive and strength and peace. We got a God who loves to bless. We got a God who loves to bless. Here's how one scholar put it. Blessing is not something that his people must beg for. Isn't this beautiful wording? It is the voluntary outreaching of his grace. So good. Blessings continue in the New Testament, in the blessings of Jesus in particular. You you find this considerable importance weighted to this. Jesus blesses kids. He blesses his disciples. He blesses the loaves and the fish that fed thousands. He blesses the communion wine, which Paul would later call the cup of blessing. All right, so there's number one. Number two, what does the Bible say about blessings? Those who are in Christ, we've already been blessed. In immeasurable ways. This is something we've talked about before. It's something we'll come back to in the future. Often in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, especially in Paul's letters, they use past tense for the blessings that we already have in Christ. When we learn to embrace and walk in that, that's a game changer. Number three, people can bless. People can bless. When the blessing in number six was first given, there was a subset of God's people who were set aside. They were the priests. What happens in the New Testament? In the New Testament, those who are in Christ, we are called a chosen race, a holy people, a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, holy nation, people belonging to God. God has granted this crazy authority for humanity to be able to bless others. This is especially true for his people. Number four, blessings take many forms. Oh, I had a hard time condensing this. I'll talk fast. One of the many ways we can bless others is by speaking a blessing over other people's lives. Think about that. As Moses' brother Aaron, the first of the chief priests, it says he lifted his hands toward the people and he blessed them. We can do that too. And if you're looking for a great place to start, start with this one. We printed it in your bulletins. You can download those online. What a great place to start. I was so thankful that Laura, uh, my wife, she would play, pray this blessing over our kids at night. And um, we just sent our youngest off to college. And we're there. We're in the parking lot. And we're hugging. And I just felt prompted. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. We can pray that blessing over other people. We can speak that in. And in fact, this whole idea of blessings having intrinsic power, if they're God-breathed, we're going to, we're going to take that as a specific topic. I made a note, wrote it down a year from now. We come back to this. I want to talk specifically on that. Spend the whole time talking about that. 
the power of the spoken blessing in, in people's lives. What does that mean? What does that look like? So that's next year. But what I want to do right now is I want to focus on what the scripture says about these tangible ways, these tangible ways that we can be blessed and that we can bless others. Taken together, the Old and New Testament words we translate as blessing, they have got a wide range of meaning. If you've ever had someone say, this is what it means when you're blessing, they might be right and. there It's wide range. It can look very different in different situations. There are those things that most people naturally associate with blessing, things like having enough to eat or peace or safety or a long life or children or land or honor or a victory in a good cause. But there's more. You can bless others by extending goodness, kindness, and favor. You can bless others, the scripture says, when you greet them warmly, when you uh, extend hospitality, when you celebrate with them. We can bless others when we thank them, when we make peace and through our authentic worship and praise. And there's more. Well-chosen words are a blessing. Access to God's word is a blessing. A rebuke from a wise person is a blessing. God-honoring spiritual instruction is a blessing. Godly leaders are a blessing. We can bless people by providing for their physical needs, being a good friend, expressing our thanks. There are countless practical ways that we can bless and be blessed. Number five, blessings can be extended to individuals, groups, and nations. We already spoke on that, but I wanted to put that in there in that list so you got this uh, nice, concise place to look. Number six, blessings can be extended to non-persons. That is something. There is a spiritual precedent for blessing a home. There is a spiritual um, precedent for blessing animals and even objects. That's one more thing I'd like to highlight. Okay, oh, here we go. There's one more thing I want to highlight about blessings before we give you an opportunity to receive one, and that's this, number seven. We can bless who? That's not just like a, a Christianese cliche saying. That's scriptural. I, I Googled, I um, did a word search with one of my search engines on this. Bless the Lord is found in the Old Testament about 200 times. Bless the Lord 200 times. What does that look like? In the scripture, in context, at least as I was trying to sort this out, it seems like some of the common themes are sincere worship blesses God. Giving thanks blesses God. Obedience to his life-giving instructions blesses God. These are tangible ways we can bless God. So there we go. Real concise overview of what the Bible says about blessing. God has been blessing from the beginning. Those who are in Christ have already been blessed in measurable ways. People can bless. Blessing takes many forms. Blessing can be extended to individuals, groups, and nations. Blessings can be extended to non-persons. We can bless God. So let's do it. Let's apply this. Let's apply this. If you're taking notes, if I write this down, it is back to blessing time. Back to blessing time. Fall. You know, a lot of us, we look at fall. Fall is a back to time. Back to time. How many of you, with a show of hands, how many of you would like to have a blessing as you're going back to whatever it is you're going back to this fall, right? Only four? Oh, no, okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We, having a blessing, we can go back to whatever it is you're going back to. So what if, as we head back to our back to this fall, what if when we went back, we didn't only go back saying, God, I, I seek your blessing going back, but what if we also went back saying, how could I be a blessing in this situation? If I can be both candid and transparent here, 
I hear a lot of people lamenting about the state of our world or the state of the condition that they're in as an individual. And I find myself doing the same a lot. And like, oh, I need a blessing because of the situation that we're in and where we're going back to. What if, in addition to recognizing that, maybe precisely because we recognize that, what if we also said, well, how, how are things going to get better? What if we came with that mindset too of, okay, I, I, I seek that blessing, God, and I'm consciously going to be trying to look for opportunities where I could be a blessing in that context. I could bring these things that we just talked about. So here's a challenge to us. Let's receive and extend God's blessings this fall. And when we do that, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Let me give you a recent example. So at Emmanuel, we've got this thing called Camp ECC. And what happened several years ago is we said, what if in the summer we did something extra special for these, these kids? Um, and what if we created this basically a camp experience on Sunday mornings where we do extra fun things? Um, we'll have extra special crafts and skits and activities and songs. And then what we'll do at the end of this is we'll bring in some special guests. And so along the way, one of the special guests that we started bringing in is this reptile guy. And this reptile guy, the, the things he has, oh, we got some pictures. This is cool. He's got cool stuff. In fact, I think this is the reptile guy from the state fair, the one that has that big exhibit. I mean, he's amazing. What a blessing it is for our kids to experience this. And what we'll, we'll say, maybe if you've got some of the kids watching here, or we're certainly going to talk about this when the kids are with us on, on Sunday, I want to look them in the eye and I want to tell them, kids, you need to know you were a blessing to him. He specifically was talking to our leaders afterwards. And he said, this group is different than other groups I go to. This group is listening. They're engaged. And my my reptiles, they can feel safe here because you're listening and you're not being loud and you're not coming up and scaring them. And he even said this, because of their attitudes, because of the way that they were a blessing to him, he was able to bring some of his reptiles that he normally doesn't bring other places because he knew it would be safe for him to bring like this massive python. I don't know if you had a picture of that one, this huge python he brought. See how that works? We bless him, and because he is blessed, there's a blessing that comes back in return. This is very practical stuff, very practical stuff. I also want to say one thing, too, to our ECC Kids volunteers. He specifically spelled this out. He said, I want to let you know, too, that is another thing I noticed. I noticed because I do a lot of groups over and over again. I noticed with this group, I see so many of the volunteers consistently year after year. He said, I don't see that very much. So I'm going to say thank you for those who continue to invest in our kids year after year after year. Well, if you're taking notes, this is worth noting. It is a blessing to be a blessing. It is. For those of you who start doing this where you are blessing others, it is a good addiction. Can I get an amen to that? When you go out there and you're trying to really, how can I bless others today? How can I bring a smile to somebody's face? How can I bless money tangible ways? It's such a good thing. So let's do it. And as we do consider these words, imagine how brightly we'll shine as more and more and more of us say yes to God's invitation. Imagine if all of us, everyone who calls ECC home, we went back blessed and we were looking for opportunities to bless. What if more and more and more of us, because I know many people do this, what if you were just praying silently, interceding where you were? You know, what if you were praying over the schools? 
What if you're praying over your places of work, your coworkers? What if we were just doing that? We were just praying blessing over them. What if we were open to, if the spirit leads to go to somebody and say, you know, this might sound crazy, but could I, would you be open to me just praying a blessing over you? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord face shine upon you. To just be kind. We talk about this about now about every fifth message or so. The bar is so low to stand out in a good way these days. To be kind. You bless people by being kind, by listening. If there are any kids watching right now, well, we got some young people. You want to know one of the best ways to bless your teacher? Just listen. When everyone else is like being disrespectful, they're on their phones, they're not. One of the ways you can really bless teachers, you guys, just be respectful. Be listening. You know, do your homework. Do your work work. Honor your father and mother. That is a way to bless your parents. Don't exasperate your children. A way to bless your kids. To vocalize gratitude is a blessing for people. To say thank you. By the way, thanks for making the pancakes. We had pancakes here today. So can we thank the pancake makers? Thank you. It's awesome. To put down your phone and to give people the full attention. That is a blessing these days. To see and meet needs. We could go on and on and on. It's all these things. There are countless ways to be a blessing and something you might want to do as a family or friends to build this habit if it's not already part of your life. Just each day, get in the habit of saying, how can I bless you today? And then get in the habit of, did you bless anyone today? How did it go? So that we start to just build this into our lives, just something that we're doing. All right, well, at this time, I want to invite Christy to to come and and the worship band. Um, And as they do, I've got one last quote here for you. I love this one. It is by the separation of the few that the many are blessed. The separation of the few that the many are blessed. Our world needs more people who are willing to separate out from what the rest of the world is mostly doing. The rest of the world is mostly looking at what's in this for me. And what if we were different? We, we, we came and we were seeking God's blessing and then we consciously were going in a... In, in, conscious ways of saying, I'm coming in and I want to be that conduit of God's blessing. I want to bring that light to a dark place. If that's you, then I want to pray the blessing that we've been talking about over you right now. And I want to invite you to to receive it. Remember, this is a blessing that your creator crafted. That same God that crafted the heavens and earth, he crafted this blessing. This is a God who sees all. He knows all. He sees you. He knows you. He knows what you need right now more than you know what you need right now. And he wants to bless you with your back to whatever that is. So I want to invite you to consider something as I pray this over you. And and I mean this here. I want to invite you to just find a posture of receiving. For me personally, one of the ways I do, I just, it's palms up. And and I just, you often maybe see me doing this in worship at different times and, and I just, Lord, I, I want to receive from you. So if you're driving, I, I'm pull over right now. I'm serious. Hit pause. Whatever you're doing, if you're doing the dishes, multitasking, hit pause. Receive this blessing wherever you are. Because this fall, you may have a very specific challenge in front of you that you could use a blessing for. You may be heading back to school as a student, a teacher, administrator. You might be sending someone to school. Maybe for the first time, maybe a kindergartner, middle schooler, high schooler, college. You might be heading back to a team as an athlete, as a coach, or a team at work. 
You might be heading back to a space that's hostile to your faith and the things that you believe. You might be heading back to the unique challenges and opportunities of being single or engaged or married or widowed or separated or divorced. Whatever you're heading back to, hear the word of the Lord. Maybe some of you want to assume that posture right now. Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, I will be with you always. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. You are a people believing, belonging to God. You are his. No one can snatch you from his hands. You are his workmanship. You are created in Christ to do good works, which God has prepared for you to do. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. May no weapon formed against you prosper. As he who began this good work in you is faithful to complete it. Now receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Remember that your commission to go and take that blessing, pray it over others. And as part of that priesthood, what I want to invite you to do is to do more than just sing along with these next two songs. In the song we're about to sing right now, it is based off of these words. And we, I want to invite you to use this opportunity for this song. Pray for those who are your loved ones. Maybe they're in the room with you right now. Maybe they're, they're coming to mind as we talk. Pray this blessing specifically over them, over our church family. Pray this blessing for us, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then when we come to the next song after that, let that be a blessing that we speak out to our community, to our schools, to our places of work, to our nation, to our world. The song is, I Speak Jesus. When we get to that song, bless the world. And you may have a posture that just feels right with that as well. Make this time real. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.